0: listening to TKO on CFR Radio, 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, my friends? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO as you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting, and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game, and where they are now. Woo! Episode 25, y'all. Wow, I can't believe how, how, how far we've come with tko i mean i'm just so happy that you guys the fans the tko nation is out there and supporting us all the way and i just want to say that i'm really grateful for all the love and support being sent to us by all of the tko fans and what i would like to call them tko nation so again thank you everybody So today, my friends, I mean, I have mixed emotions because, first of all, I'm kind of sad because International Fight Week just ended and, you know, it was completely stacked with a lot of events, so many great events, but, oh well, we're definitely going to be talking about the most important event of all that happened during International Fight Week, and yes, I'm talking about UFC 213, so we're going to be breaking down the fights that happened on UFC 213, well, mostly the main card. Um, And we're also going to be talking about The drama and controversies That happened on that card Oh man, it's going to be so exciting Also I'm happy and excited Because the rest of the summer Is pretty much stacked with so many Great cards I mean, for the upcoming weeks We have so many UFC Fight Nights coming up Which are totally stacked And then after those Fight Nights We have obviously UFC 214 On July 29th and man, that is going to be stacked, you know, filled with so many great, talented fighters on that card. And the thing is, on the same night, I mean, if you live in a location that abides the Eastern time zone thing, right after UFC 214 finishes, Actually, what I just said doesn't make sense I mean, all all time zones should work in this case Sorry, my friends So, okay, the thing is Right after UFC 214 finishes You actually get to watch Ryzen Right after because Ryzen is going to be broadcasting live On um, July 30th, I believe, yes And so that's going to be pretty exciting. So right after UFC 214, just switch your channel, switch your pay-per-view to Ryzen and watch all the great fights that are going to be featured on that card. And you guessed it, yes, we're going to be talking about those fights. We're going to be, first of all, previewing them. The most, I mean, obviously the important fights, we're going to be previewing them. And after the fights happen, we're going to be breaking them down. Very, very thoroughly, so make sure that you tune in for those episodes as well So, I mean, I really want to get started, but before we get started with the UFC 213 stuff I have a few headlines for y'all, a few MMA headlines that I really want to talk about I mean, they were just pretty interesting to me, so I just thought I'm going to bring it up here on TKO So what are we waiting for? Let's get started, okay So the first thing that I want to bring up I mean, it was kind of interesting to me Was that Gegard Mousasi Has signed with Bellator now Now, as you guys might already recall Gegard Mousasi um, Used to be fighting for the UFC Obviously in the middleweight division And his his professional record is actually pretty fascinating. He has a lot of wins on his record, and he's also a veteran of the sport. He used to be fighting uh, for various Japanese organizations back in the day about, like, you know, back in the day when MMA was just starting to become popular. He used to be fighting for those organizations, and he has so many notable wins on his professional record. So you know it, it was just pretty interesting to see the ufc letting go of a great superstar a great talent like giger musashi i mean yes i know that giger musashi you know he you could arguably say that he's not at his prime anymore but when you look at his uh, previous fights his most recent fights he's won all of them and he's won through um, you know pretty interesting ways and he's beat some notable guys like Vitor Belfort, and man, just so many great guys in the UFC, especially for his recent fights, but I mean, it was definitely, I believe it was a decision of Giger Mousasi's that, um, I'm not exactly sure what Bellator was offering in their contract to Giger Mousasi, but obviously it it had some benefits to it. And Giger Mousasi has decided to join Bellator and and just leave the UFC, which I totally get. I mean, whatever works for the fighters, they should totally go with it. But man, I mean, I, I personally, after looking at Giger Mousasi's recent fights and, um, in a way if you wanted to score give him scores for his wins and losses he would get so many points because of winning so many of his recent fights and he definitely you could arguably say that he definitely def- uh, deserved a title shot against the middleweight champion but i mean you guys know already because the UFC middleweight champ uh, the UFC middleweight division is just so almost in a mess because there's so many talented guys especially in the top 10 um who who are just so talented and they keep fighting each other and they're just so good and you could arguably say that they're almost at, at the same level but you just have to keep pairing them up with each other to figure out who uh, which guy is the better guy in order to have that guy fight the champion but the thing is we already know who the next person to be challenging the, the champion, the middleweight champion Michael Bisbing is, but I'm going to hold off on that because I'm going to be talking about it uh, And when I'm going to be talking about UFC 213. And if you already watched the UFC 213 card, you probably know what I'm talking about, but just wait, just wait. I'll be talking about it today. Don't worry. In a few minutes, I'll be talking about it. Okay. Also... Okay, we all know that the McGregor-Mayweather fight is finally happening. It's finally taking place. Rumor has it that it's going to happen in August, towards the end of August. But nothing has been confirmed yet. But the Mayweather promotions, the money team, uh, Floyd May- Mayweather's promotion team has officially booked an event for uh, for August 26th. and everybody assumes that that event is the fight between him meaning uh floyd mayweather and conor mcgregor but we haven't officially you know figured out whether or not it is going to be on that date now the thing is starting today there's going to be a world tour of both guys going on a tour and basically starting the trash talk Which is going to be extremely entertaining. I mean, you guys know Conor McGregor. He is one of the best trash talkers in the game. I mean, Floyd Mayweather, uh, I haven't really seen, seen him trash talk that much. But again, it's going to be pretty exciting. Because if it weren't because of all of the trash talk between these two guys. If it weren't because of the beef between these two guys. We wouldn't have this right now, you know? Like it all started with that. So it's, uh, the the world tour, the press conference tour is gonna be pretty, pretty exciting. Um, we'll definitely keep you updated on that and <laughs> what sort of um, interesting, interesting things went down during those um, press, uh, press conferences. And also I want to bring this fact up that actually the pay-per-view prices for the Conor McGregor and Mayweather fight. Have been revealed. And guess how expensive they are. They are starting at $100. Okay usually. I mean I'm not exactly sure about you guys. But usually when you buy pay-per-views. They're, they're usually about 60 bucks, But this time around they're 100 bucks. So you know just estimating. Uh, Just from the pay-per-views And I'm pretty sure in the arena Wherever they're gonna have it Probably the T-Mobile arena in Vegas (laughs) Even in the arena The seats are gonna be extremely Extremely expensive And here's the pay-per-view prize You know You can probably estimate that Each of these fighters alone Are gonna be making 9 figures Yes (laughs) So this is the most expensive um, events or fights in the entire history of combat sports so first of all these guys are definitely making history through that and we'll see whether or not the world is going to be shocked uh, when when fight night comes and how the results are going to be turning out but you know what just like I said on our previous episodes we're going to have an exclusive exclusive episode exclusively on this fight Uh, During the week leading up to the fight But you know I'm just going to hold off On what I was going to say And just discuss all of the things That I want to talk about um, During that exclusive episode So there you have that My friends okay So what do we have now Okay so We're just going to take a quick break. And after we come back, I'm going to be talking about all of the things that went down during UFC 213. Do not go anywhere. Stay tuned. Everybody well in case you're just joining us This is TKO on CFRU All we talk about is MMA all day Every day so before The break we promise you that We're going to be talking about UFC 213 And well here we are we're going to be talking About it so first of all Okay the main Event was cancelled <laughs> So yeah, that's the first breaking news, the major news. So Amanda Nunes who was set to headline UFC 213 on Saturday night against Valentina Shevchenko, the the title challenger, you know, this fight was going to be for the women's bantamweight championship and these two these two ladies were supposed to face off for the title. However, I mean, everybody weighed in, you know, they did their open workout. Everything was fine. The official weigh-ins were done. We don't know what happened overnight or even just a few hours before the, the card even started. Amanda Nunes was trans, uh, transferred to a hospital due to unknown reasons, first of all. And it was said that the main event was canceled. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> what Valentina Shevchenko was feeling at that point? I mean, everything, you think that it's all going to happen. Oh, you're going to beat this girl. You're going to get your money. But no, the girl who you're supposed to face off with just goes to the hospital randomly and you don't even know what's going on with her. However, a few hours after it was revealed that Amanda Nunez herself checked herself into the hospital because of chronic sinusitis, And she said that she was just not feeling right. Uh, However, the doctors completely cleared her of um, any any possible health issues. So health-wise, she was clear to fight... But she personally, she just didn't feel like fighting that night. And after, when she was asked about why she did that and why she basically ditched the fight, she said that um, she wasn't feeling right because she was just feeling uh, so much pressure in her head, and she felt like it was definitely going to get worse when she when she would get punched in the head. I mean, obviously, but I mean, I totally get it, Amanda. Best of luck to Amanda Nunes, and hopefully we get to see this rematch in the upcoming future. However, this is what Uncle Dana, Uncle Dana White, told us. He said that this fight is never going to be the headliner ever again. So that was a bit savage of Dana White, but I mean, what can you really do? You have everything prepared and ready to go, but only a few hours before the fight actually starts, the the headliner just goes, nah, I'm just not feeling right, you know? Obviously, you're going to be a little bit mad about it, right? So I totally get it. I totally get how everybody's feeling in this case, and they're totally right. Everybody's totally right. But I mean, as a as a fan, as an MMA purist, I would say, man, let's just see this rematch. I want to see this rematch. I'm pretty sure every single fan out there also wants to see this rematch because it's gonna be a great fight between these two ladies. So, yeah, man, there you have that. So as a result, the co-main event, which was the fight between Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker for the UFC Middleweight Interim Championship, now that's the main event. Okay. So now that is going to be the main event. Okay. So other than that, was there anything else that was special about this entire card? Well, everything went according to plan, and uh, a fight from the early preliminaries was moved to the main card to replace that one uh, fight that was removed. The main card, that w- the main uh, event that was removed. Okay. So starting with. The fight between Anthony Pettis and Jim Miller. This fight was, my friends, so close. Both of these guys just went out there and fought with their entire, you know, every single fiber in their body. It was a war, legit. And it obviously went the full distance. And each guy was doing his own thing. There were... Doing everything in their in their power to come on top. I mean, everybody used every single tool and weapon that he had. Both guys wrestled. Both guys uh, boxed with each other. They did everything. Every, every, everything. However, the thing is, because Anthony Pettis was just throwing so much more volume, obviously, I mean can tell that he's gonna win the fight through decision and that's exactly what he did and so you know he was Anthony Pettis was throwing so many significant strikes towards Jim Miller and he could, he didn't really give Jim Miller a chance to properly even defend himself but Jim Miller he wouldn't just like not do anything he will also respond back with a few hard shots but within, with everything that he could everything that he had um, and his power, however, it wasn't nearly um, enough to went through decision or even a split decision. So just like I said, as a result, Anthony Pettis won through decision. And it was a pretty entertaining fight. I would definitely recommend that you would all watch it again if you do get the chance to. All right, moving on. I want to move on to the new co-main event of the evening, which was the heavyweight bout between Alistair Overeem and Fabricio Verdum. Okay, so this fight, (laughs) just like we already said on our previous episode, it's going to be a hell of a fight because it's going to be the third fight between these two guys. And, oh man, this one was also pretty close. Alistair Overeem was... Going at it with his strikes And he was throwing so many strikes And so was Fabricio Verdum However you could tell that Fabricio Verdum I don't know for what reason He was just His performance had declined from his last fight um, During which He completely dominated over his opponent Travis Brown In this case Fabricio Verdum uh, I don't know if it was Mental exhaustion or whatever He would still come at Alistair Overeem, but it wasn't the same performance that we've seen from Fabricio Verdun before. You know, I, it almost felt like his, his mind wasn't completely into it. But he was still doing well, but unfortunately in this case, not enough. And this fight was extremely close. Looking at the stats and all the significant strikes, uh, you know, the winner of this fight only won through like two or three percent when you statistically count all the significant strikes and just the total stri- total strikes. So, Alistair Overeen won this fight through decision, even though it was an extremely, extremely close decision. It was a- he actually won through majority decision. So, one of the judges scored this contest a draw, which I totally agree because this fight was so close. And actually, Alistair Overeen was knocked down. But, I mean, I personally, I would have given it to Fabricio Verdum split decision. But in this case, um, the judges just saw it as a majority decision to oust their which I totally understand. I mean, you could definitely argue for that. But again, it was a very, very close fight and a war battle between these two guys. So that was a pretty entertaining fight to watch. And now, my friends, the main event of the evening, the fight between Yoel Romero and Robert Whittaker. So (laughs) that was just such a good fight. Starting from the beginning, um, Yoel Romero would throw, you know, everything that he had in his power, taken from strikes and takedowns. He would shoot for so many takedowns and obviously we know that because, you know, we could predict that because Joel Romero is a silver medalist from the Olympics. He used to um, wrestle for the Cuban um, wrestling team. So, you know, he was just doing so much during the first two rounds. And Robert Whitaker... Uh, At first, you could have said that, you could have argued that, oh, what is he doing? Why is he not doing anything? Why is he not being dynamic? But the thing was, he was just being patient with uh, what YOAL was doing. He was just taking his time to analyze and taking data from what was being done to him, you know, what YOAL was doing. And it was definitely a smart thing to do Because he was basically letting Yoel Romero to do all of those things And just get gassed out Because as you can imagine Shooting for takedowns and wrestling for Like so long I mean it's like 10 minutes If you count the two rounds But you're, you're not just obviously wrestling You're doing so many other things You're um you know Things are pretty complicated when you're fighting In the cage and you're fighting MMA so as he was doing That obviously Yoel Romero Was getting gassed out and exhausted Over time however from The third round on Yoel uh, excuse me Robert Whitaker Just it felt like a switch Just turned in him And he was like okay now I'm turning into beast mode, now I'm starting to, you know, warm up, I'm starting to throw strikes at Joel Romero, and that's exactly what he did, man, the game plan that Robert Whitaker had was just so well thought out and smart, and I definitely applaud him and his corner for uh, telling him what to do, because... Some guys, you know, wouldn't necessarily do it like this. He would; They would probably just try to st- uh, start from the beginning, from the very first round, from the first few rounds, and start going at it and trying to, you know, go for a finish or something stupid like that against a, a the freak of all freaks, basically, who was Yoel Romero. But Robert Whitaker, he didn't care what other people were saying. He didn't care about the fact that people were saying, oh, uh, why in the first few rounds he's not doing anything uh, significant or productive he took his time he was patient he took his time and he utilized uh, basically yoel romero's exhaustion and what he was being uh, what was being done to him before and he utilized and mobilized those to Fight against Ro- Yoel Romero and b- just come on top because especially during the, the during the last round, Yoel Romero was extremely gassed out, and even with the slightest, uh, you know, like the weakest um, takedown, he would just go down and can't he couldn't even defend himself properly. That's how gassed out he was, and sh- you know, kudos to Robert Whitaker for. Being so smart in this fight, he definitely did it the right way And as you can imagine, you know, obviously in the first few rounds You could have said, oh man, Joel Romero is definitely winning this But after the third round, Robert Whitaker all the way So Robert Whitaker won this fight through unanimous decision And now Robert Whitaker is a new interim middleweight champion And oh, I also want to mention this. So as these two were fighting, obviously Michael Bisping, the current middleweight champion, was sitting um, outside the cage. And he had a a Cuban flag. You know, he was waving a Cuban flag, a paper Cuban flag. However, towards the end of the fight, (laughs) Michael Bisping just rips off the Cuban flag. Which, in my opinion, I mean, I don't know what you think, but that's just totally disrespectful, and, you know, we have trash talk, and then we have just, you know, crossing the line. He definitely crossed the line, in my opinion, I don't care how much you want to trash talk your opponent, there's definitely better ways to trash talk your your opponent, not just, you, you can't be disrespectful like that. And so that's what uh, Yoel Romero, uh, excuse me Michael Bisbing did And obviously Yoel Romero wasn't happy about it So what <laughs> Yoel Romero Did after was After the fight Yoel Romero had a picture Of Michael Bisbing holding the, uh, the UK flag And (laughs) Yoel Romero, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with this one either, but Yoel Romero, he lit up that picture, which was Michael Bisping and the flag, and he he lit up his cigar with it. So, you know, (laughs) you know, revenge, yeah. So just like I said, I don't necessarily agree with either one of these guys, but oh well, it just happened. I just had the urge to bring it up here on TKO. So just like I said... Robert Whittaker is the new middleweight interim champion and he and Michael Bisping will soon face off one another to unify the belt, unify the middleweight belt. And one of these guys is going to be the undisputed UFC middleweight champion of the world. So that's going to be pretty exciting. We definitely need to keep an eye out for that. And I'm just looking at the clock right now, my friends. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. Make sure you go to cfru.ca to catch up with TKO. And until next time, it's your girl Janon right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.